Hey ladies and gents and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, our first episode of the new year, episode 83. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. Bonichiwa. And Dom. 2018. A brand new year. Uh, sorry for not having an episode last week. We were meant to record, but I've been recovering from a cough. Um, I'll do my best to edit it out of this episode, but for some reason you hear me, that's why. It wasn't even really a cough, it was more of like a sore throat where it led to me like making noises with my mouth, you know what I mean? I don't know, it's... It's not necessarily a cough. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So we have something quite like a bit that. <laughs> close enough. Uh, we have quite a bit to go over in terms of what we've been playing since we haven't talked for a while. Um, I haven't played too many different games. I've just played a lot of a couple of games. So I'll go over mine pretty quickly. Um, so I played uh, a bit of Injustice 2. I hopped back in. I don't own any of the new DLC. For me personally, as much as I love Injustice 2, I'm not a, that big of a fighting fan, so to me, I think the DLC is like overpriced quite a bit, in my opinion, for individual characters and stuff. Um, that's my own gripe. I like a lot of the new characters added, especially Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but for me, it's a little bit too overpriced. Anyways, I hopped back in to do some multiverse stuff. I just felt like playing a fighting game in preparation for uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, which comes out in a couple of weeks, which I'm super excited for. It's going to be my first new game of the new year. Um, but... Yeah, just had a blast in that multiverse, the replayability, we've talked about it before, super fun. Uh, also have been playing Overwatch, so I hopped back into Overwatch, not necessarily for the seasonal events, um, but because Overwatch League started, which we've covered numerous times on the show, I don't really need to go into it, their esports league, um, played a bit of that. Um, the, uh, yesterday was the premiere of Overwatch League on Twitch. We're not going to cover this in the news section, so I just wanted to mention it briefly. At its peak, it had over 450,000 concurrent viewers on Twitch, uh, which is impressive. Um, really cool. They're treating it like real like sports franchises. They're selling merch. They're doing the thing. Um, they're set for if you guys get a chance, at least just tune in. It is amazing. It, it, it you know, Blizzard is putting a lot of money into it. They signed an exclusive contract with Twitch to broadcast it too. So there's a lot of money behind it and it shows like over 400,000 concurrent viewers is insane. Um, also, I've been playing a ton of PUBG, uh, a lot of PUBG uh, solo and with my buddies having a, a blast. It's probably the game I've played most uh, over the last, you know, two to three weeks since we've recorded. Um, once again, another news story we're not going to be covering, but something that's kind of crazy, which is expected, is they recently announced that Xbox has passed over 3 million players. Um, so, yeah, no one, it's not really a surprise to anybody the game's blown up. Um, they're constantly doing updates, which is good because the game has a lot of problems. I've mentioned before on the show, I love PUBG. I'm having a blast with it. It has a lot of issues. Um, but the constant amount, uh, amount of communication they're having and the numerous updates, I think they're already at uh, update 5, and it's been out less than a month. The day of recording it, uh, we're on the 11th. So it's, yeah, a little less than a month. Because it came out on the 12th of December, I believe. Um, but yeah, enjoying PUBG, having a blast. My friends are loving it too. And it's just great in this this time of the year where nothing new is really coming out. And you can either decide to play games you never got a chance to go back to. Or just spend time in multiplayer games like I have. You know, Justice 2, Overwatch, and PUBG. Um, I finished Black Mirror Season 4. Enjoyed that. Uh, and I think I'm going to start doing the uh, watch an MC movie every week thing. I need to catch up because I'm already a couple of weeks behind. Um, but I'm super excited for Infinity War, so I might hop on that bandwagon as well. That's pretty much it for me. What about you guys? So, uh, haven't played a whole lot. I played some more um, I Am Setsuna because I am getting excited for Lost Sphere from the old Tokyo RPG Factory. 
Um, not a big fan of that that studio name, but uh, either way, I'm excited for Lost Sphere. Uh, Setsuna has uh, some issues. It definitely kind of hits that um, target that it's trying to when it comes to being, you know, like uh, JRPG nostalgia machine, but um, there's just a lot of stuff about the game that could be a lot better. I mean, it is the studio's first game, but um, the a lot of the tutorials are just really convoluted, and you got to read them a couple times, or at least I do, to really get what they're saying. And there's just and and furthermore, there's uh, the mechanics themselves are convoluted, um, which might lend uh, reasoning to why the tutorials themselves are are a little overly complicated. Um, and so some of the stuff in the game is just kind of obnoxious. Uh, I guess it's the simplest way to put it, but it is a good game. The music's really cool. It's really uh, heavily piano-based, and then it's this um, kind of somber tone throughout the game, not, not just the music, but everything in general. It, it most, like, basically everything is, is uh, stuck in a perpetual winter, you might say, so you're in a lot of icy and snowy areas. Um, so it definitely has a cool vibe, and the characters are cool, especially, like, their character art. Um, very uh, lovely stuff. I mean, Square Enix definitely has that down as far as making uh, their Japanese role-playing game characters look beautiful. So um, there's plenty of things to love, but there's also quite a bit that I'm not so into. Um, but it's it's a solid game, and I definitely am a little more hopeful for Lost Sphere because I do think that it's going to, uh, I think they'll probably get the issues that, um, me and a lot of other people have had with this game, so, um, I'm hoping for improvements, I guess. And then, uh, last night I started watching, uh, miniseries, or, I guess, anthology series, uh, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams, which is, um, I described it earlier as kind of being, like, uh, a version of Black Mirror where they only adapt uh, short stories by Philip K. Dick. Um, so currently it's only aired in the UK, but it's about to come over to the US. Um, they've got episodes with Brian Cranston and uh, Terrence Howard and Steve Buscemi, and so um, I think it could end up being pretty cool. It'll be on Amazon the Video uh, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, just watched the first episode it actually featured uh the actor that played rob stark in game of thrones um it was pretty cool so uh, uh, what's his name uh i looked it up because i was trying to figure out if he was scottish or irish um but i can't remember his name he's pretty one of the he's pretty known. starts with a name yeah across the pond he's he's a good actor and and he did well so um and he had, he totally had the like hardcore um, detective vibe going with the trench coat and the top hat, so it was looking pretty dope. Um, so been enjoying that, and then of course you know just the the regular stuff, the anime, and um, watched uh, been going through Godless, um, caught up on uh, Vikings and Nightfall. Nightfall is a new history series. Um, can't recommend Vikings enough. Great show. Shout out to Vikings. That's all I got. Shoot. That was a good list. So I, I've watched Black Mirror 2. Uh, all four seasons, of course. Uh, super good. Um, I 
still think um, some of the previous episodes are still my favorite, although I liked pretty much all the new ones in season four. But yeah, it's a solid season. So it's more of exactly what you want in Black Mirror. So um, kind of echo what you guys said. Um, I also, ever since seeing The Last Jedi, I've been on this huge Star Wars kick. Um, started reading the novelization of Revenge of the Sith, which is fucking really cool. Like really cool. Um, it really, it, it puts you, it describes how Anakin is feeling in a lot more, I mean, it's a book obviously. So it, um, it's really like a lot of what the movie should have been. And I, that's my favorite star Wars movie, by the way. Um, but the book is like I'm so far, um, on pace to be even better. So I'm really liking that. It's pretty cool. So I've also so started watching Go your ahead. favorite star Wars movie is one of the prequels. Yeah. You, you heard it here that's first. pretty fucking crazy dude yeah i'm not i'm not a super hater i think that there's actual more merit to those than people give them credit for but i am uh, a little bit taken aback that they would be anyone's favorite well i'll admit it's primarily you know 90 percent. it's a product of my age and you know those came out when i was a kid so i saw those before seeing the the original trilogy so right as a kid especially you know as a young teenager it's kind of hard to like go back to even even when i watch the prequels now the special effects are like oh my god no stop but when you're a kid you buy into it more and then you were like six to 12 right you were really young i guess we all were but i'm older than you guys so i was a little bit older let me put it this way the thing about people our age is that uh like none of us have unless you've seen the despecialized editions like we haven't seen the actual star wars because you know george lucas was going back and um, putting special effects in the original movies when uh, most of us probably saw them, which was the uh, when the special editions were in theaters in the 90s. So um, I would definitely recommend that people go out and watch the despecialized editions because that's the, the real deal experience you would have had if you were going to see them back in the day in theaters. So And see, I've never seen them. I mean, I think I saw them on TV when I was a kid. I think. Yeah. I have no idea. But... I certainly don't really remember the difference. I've obviously watched it several times now, but yeah, it's it's a product of yeah my age mostly. But I saw Revenge of the Sith in theaters three times. I think I was in like sixth grade or something, and it was like, holy shit, this is the coolest thing ever in the world. So nice. <laughs> it's just what it is, right? Um, just like if you were born in a certain decade, then Link to the Past is your favorite Zelda, or if you were born a little bit later, Ocarina of Time is your favorite Zelda, right? It's just... Well, yeah, Sometimes like, that's the way that works. My, my eight-year-old nephew loves Star Wars, and his favorite movies are probably going to be Force Awakens and Last Jedi, you know? Because that's what he exactly. he was alive for and he enjoyed the most. So, uh, Yeah, but so that's just – we can have a whole discussion about that a different day. But um, <laughs> I also started watching the Clone Wars series, the animated Fuck one. Fuck yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's a little um, – you know, I'm watching it in the chronological order, so I had to look up the proper way to watch it because on Netflix they're not – necessarily all in the right order that you're supposed to watch them for whatever reason so um i watched you know the first couple and then the movie and then i'm about halfway through the first season so it's it's a little bit childish but i've heard it gets better um and more mature as far as the themes and everything go but it's pretty cool so far so uh, it's you know it was like a cartoon network series so it's always gonna have the right uh, family aspect i mean even the movies are mm-hmm. that way in a sense but uh 
generally, it's certainly something that I think adults can enjoy, can enjoy, and I always recommend to people that are big Star Wars fans but just can't stand anything prequel era. There's actually a lot of cool prequel era stuff, and I think in a lot of ways that Clone Wars series and uh, Gindy Tartakovsky's Clone Wars micro-series um, make the prequel stuff so much better and give it so much more depth. So, yeah, love no, Clone Wars. I'm liking it so far, so I'm going to keep that up. Um, and it's all on Netflix, so that's nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, otherwise, what I've been playing, video games, those things we do often. Um, I finished South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Got the Platinum. Played as a black kid. Not that hard. Actually, you have to put the difficulty up and, you know, play as a black kid, which apparently makes things more difficult, even though it's separate from the difficulty, if that makes sense. Um, I guess... There were definitely some dialogue things that I could tell were different. You know, you were <laughs> some people talk to you because you know they say certain things because of your skin color, which is it's funny, right? It's South Park. So, um, but yeah, that game is awesome. Like I liked it like much better than Stick of Truth, um, and I think I'm kind of in the minority there. But it just felt a little bit more. Now the combat just seemed more. I don't know, just more reasonable. Um, being that there's a grid, you know, it's a little more Fire Emblem in that sense. Um, I didn't feel as trapped a lot of times where, you know, some of the hard battles in Stick of Truth, you're kind of like, you know, you're stuck in one spot and there's not much you can do. Um, But in this, you know, being able to move around, I felt, you know, I don't know. It just made things easier. It gave you more options. But, yeah, overall, it was a little more toned down than Stick of Truth. You know, there was no, like, alien abduction dildo raping or anything like that. Um, Still South Park. (laughs) But it was. Great description there. (laughs) Yeah. Box quote. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just a bit toned down. There wasn't anything completely over at the top um, compared to Stick of Truth. Of course, this is still a South Park game. It's still like, you know, um, a stripper tries to kill you with her massive ass and things like that. So Jeez. still South Park. Um, but yeah, it's super, like, so unrealistic. <laughs> um, then otherwise, I got started on Kingdom Hearts. Uh, part of the, the collection on PS4, so I'm like I put like two hours into the the first game, um, so I'm still in Traverse Traverse Town, you know, putzing around. So that game, um, it's completely in 4K, which is like it's really in your face. Like holy crap, you could definitely tell. The updates um, they did are really fucking good. I think it's 4K yeah. 60, and yeah, it's very smooth. That's it's a big difference. I mean, obviously um, from the PS2 version, but even from the PS3 remaster. I have a yeah. quick question. So, the way they handle yep. trophies in that is that each game has an individual plot, or is it the collection itself has a plot? Uh, individual. It should be. Each they each have their own list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, um, and they're tough. So I looked them up, and I'm not doing that. Nope. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you decided not to play them chronologically, Dom? No. I spent a lot of time looking things up and asking questions, you know, reading forum posts, and most people like 90% of people you were in the minority Jordan like most people recommended playing them in release order um and doing birth by sleep not towards not the very end but after some of the other stuff just because it's could there's some reveals apparently in that game um that could influence the way you I don't know we'll we'll see um but yeah um and because the first game is what I played first and it's the only one I played well scratch that I played Chain of Memories um the GBA one also way back when but yeah, it looks super good, um, but the controls are just like, just not good, just not good. Um, Rough. 
the camera it gives you an option to make it you know like a regular third person camera where you use the right stick to move around freely but you can't change the sensitivity and it's so slow you try to turn around and it's just like it takes you a half a goddamn hour to spin the camera around it's so frustrating so i'm still figuring out if i want that or if i want the auto camera which i don't know um but then do you use the lock on that's what else I'm, i'm messing with too so far yeah i have that on but i more struggle with um you even though it's a it's an action game you know it's technically real time it's a very slow real time so it's not like you push x you know over and over and your guy's swinging like i'm used to in like dark souls or something it's a slow it. It gets thing faster and crazier the more like magic spells you got going and uh, when you're summoning other disney characters like fucking mufasa or simba or whatever and there's just they give you a lot of different powers to choose from so i think towards the end of the game you'll feel different when you got um all that shit going on at once yeah and i mean this is a ps2 game so that's like absolutely yeah in spite of that in spite of that like i am getting used to it because it it, it's just it's it's a thing of that's when this game came out and you know it was real-time action combat which is less frequent you know for jrpgs i guess at that time especially but um that's it just is it's it's not really you can't really fault it you know because it's an old game but in spite of that like i still i still really love it i forgot how much i love this damn game so i'm pretty stoked to play through the rest of them now too so that is all yeah i i think the fighting uh the combat stuff gets better as you go along i think uh birth by sleep has the best combat which is uh part of the reason why it's my favorite but um then 3d comes along which was released afterwards and i still think birth by sleep is better but um there's some they always have interesting stuff i'll give them that much they definitely try some things and um and push some things and usually i would say they're never really um intrusive or annoying unless it's the chain of memories card system on the ps2 version but that's kind of a whole different story so right uh yeah i was waiting for you guys to finish up with your kingdom hearts it's man, I really wish they would have released that on Xbox. I mean, that's a gripe we've talked about before, but ugh. so stupid. It's completely yeah. asinine. It's, it would sell gonna, so well. Well, it's like if they're releasing Kingdom Hearts three on Xbox One. Yeah. I don't. First of all, I don't know why they're doing that in the first place. But if they are, then just put the collection out. You know. Exactly. Uh, but the then only... that's not the full thing. You need two point eight. So yada yada. Uh, I mean, just put one and two. I don't. I'm, I don't need everything else. Obviously, if you're a diehard fan, yes. But like, even just one and two at the bare minimum. Just give me something, dude. I don't care. Yeah. Um. Anyways, we're gonna be covering the only news story we're gonna be covering today, and then we're gonna be talking about our most anticipated games later on. Um. The Nintendo Direct that happened the day of recording this, January 11th. Uh, direct Mini. Uh. Yes, I was about to get to that. We were expecting a, uh, a, a direct. There was a lot of rumors, a lot of reports, a lot of people questioning if this was gonna happen. Obviously, the original leak was with Faye when those um, uh, publisher documents leaked uh, about Faye and A Way Out and all of those EA games, Um, and the Direct happened. Obviously, they called it a Direct Mini. Um, They announced it this morning, and then they delivered it this morning, which is very weird. Um, I guess before we get into all the announcements, I want to talk about that real quick, Uh, the way they went about presenting this Direct. Um, I have a lot of gripes with it. We talked about this before actually recording the show. I think them not having a lead up to it and then slapping mini at the very last second to kind of um, diminish people's expectations was kind of a bad move in my opinion like I I, I enjoyed the direct I had no problems with that that had a lot of good announcements um, 
but I really wish there was lead up to this. If they would have said a couple of days ago when all the hype was building, Nintendo Direct Mini coming January 11th, I think a lot of the expectations would have died down. Instead, they tried to do that this morning really quickly and then have it come out where a lot of people lost their opportunities for coverage and Nintendo lost out a lot of opportunity for coverage. As dumb or not as you think reactions are to these type of things, they get views and they bring a lot to Nintendo um, as far as free advertisement um, and getting people hyped up for games. So I think they missed the window there for that. Um, but yeah, what, what did you guys think about them? Like, you know, the way they handled this, because I thought it was very poor the way they handled uh, the, the release of this Direct. Yeah, it was interesting because typically... At least from what I remember, they give a they announce you know a direct is happening in two or three days type of thing, um, and that was part of why everyone got so worked out because we had been you know it had been rumored to happen on the 11th, so the two or three days prior, people are like people are just waiting for that announcement and it just didn't come. People are just getting all worked up, which, in my opinion, that's I mean that's a problem that we have. I mean not us personally, but like kind of the communities, um, we kind of get tend to get worked up and expectations get too high but nintendo knows this and they're reading forums and they're they, it's their job to understand that and like you're saying you know adapt their marketing and their communications around that which they didn't do at least it seems like they didn't they, or, they put mini on it so they knew they were they, they were trying to temper expectations they put right. mini on but a little it, too so. late like yeah. you're saying my first thought was well i see why they put mini which was new they've never done that as far as i remember but yeah um because the leaks um said oh this is going to be an e3 size thing they're going to announce gta a new 2d zelda pokemon yada yada metroid yada 4 right gameplay metroid, 4 metroid gameplay yeah right so it, to me it was obvious like like oh yeah they threw mini on there just to like combat these leaks which has yeah. to be frustrating if you're nintendo when people are leaking to me it almost seems like someone's trying to screw them over in a sense because or they're just you know bad information but it it hurts them because now they have to try to and they didn't do a very good job of lowering people's expectations back to reality so well it's weird too because like it seems like they just like my personal opinion it seems like they didn't have confidence in this direct or maybe they did have a big direct plan and they moved things around because of the leak and they wanted to be more of a surprise whatever happened the thing is is normally when a direct happens we get a lead up of at least a day right a full 24 hours And sometimes we're disappointed with them. They don't give us everything we want. This is a Direct where I technically wasn't really even disappointed because I was like, oh, Nintendo Direct Mini, I'll expect a couple announcements, whatever. And I like the Direct. The problem is, is it wasn't enough lead up for any anybody. I literally woke up this morning. I got on Twitter and people were like, the Nintendo Direct Mini was yada yada. I'm like, well, I didn't want this spoiled for me. So I completely like closed everything, went to their uh, YouTube channel and watched the video for myself because I didn't. I wanted to enjoy it from that perspective, right, of watching it for the first time without any knowing anything. So it was like that was weird for me because I woke up not knowing it was happening, and I think a lot of people did. Um, so even a lot of like the news or uh, outlets were are kind of working backwards at that point, right? Because they're oh dang, this happened. We need to get the stories. Catching up, you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very weird. Um, for me, it shows a lot of a, a lack of confidence by Nintendo. It seems like this is like a direct they wanted to get out there and have a short amount of buzz, and then it disappear, and then on to the next one. You know what I mean? This doesn't seem like a, a, a memorable Nintendo direct, like something that they were fully behind, like the ones we've seen in the past. So it was like, let's get this out there, get these announcements out, cool. People will forget about it later on. It won't be that important of a direct in hindsight. You know, very weird. Yeah, and we can talk about and like criticize or you know say what they should have done with as far as their marketing strategy. But like for us. I mean, we're gonna look at what they talked about, what's coming, and make yep. our decisions. We're not, we're not us. We're not really influenced by these presentations or whatever. Kind of like back when PS4 Pro was announced, like the first uh, presentation was like kind of shit, and probably 
should have been done much better, but it didn't matter to me because I like went and looked up what I wanted to know about it and I made my decision on yeah. that. But but well, you know, for, the, for the masses, and um, there's that different perspective. There is like all three of us enjoyed the direct for the most part, but we can still be critical exactly. about the way they handled it. Right? Those are two different right, things. Right. Yeah, we don't have to be like oh super pissed off. Uh, Jordan, what about you? You have any thoughts on the way they handled the the direct mini? Um, I think the lead up that you were mentioning earlier, I think they were just skittish. Yeah. Uh, hearing Freaked the buzz. <laughs> and so they decided to call it a mini. And the crazy thing about it is looking at the list of announcements, for me, there were more announcements that I was interested in than most of the, you know, normal sized directs. So uh, I wasn't really worried about the whole mini aspect of it. Um, I kind of just. Um, and this is how I do most of their directs is I just look up the list of what they announced and then if yeah, I want to see something too. like I wanted to see what the deal with Luigi and Mario Odyssey was so I just skipped through the the YouTube video the 15 minute YouTube video and found it and uh, yeah I think um, they called it a mini which you know it was it was shorter but it wasn't for me mini in the sense of the announcements because I thought it was actually yeah. really it's so weird now. Stuff. It's weird so now their you... problem is going to be, the problem is going to be everything. Now they've set you know a descriptor to their directs other than yeah. a game. They've said this is a mini. So now every direct that follows, if it's just direct, it's got to be bigger than this, right? And it's um, weird because we don't know what mini constitutes. Does it constitute time because it was only fifteen minutes? Does it constitute the yeah. number of announcements? Because like Jordan, I exactly. don't think there was a low number of announcements. Um, yeah, I think it's time. For me, it could even be the mini means like the, the expectations you should have. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I think is... that. Sorry, go ahead. I just don't think they needed to call it a mini. I think you just exactly. call it a direct. Like it's just a shorter direct. I don't understand because they've had yeah. like twenty, twenty-five minute directs, haven't they? Yeah. Um. So it's sometimes like, you know, longer. That's not a big difference. Yeah, and sometimes it is closer to an hour or whatever. But I just don't. I think that's the reason that you're doing this online direct to your uh consumers and your fans without having to you know try to air it on some weird tv channel that you know people don't usually watch for that stuff or um trying to get it out in some other way so i just don't understand um why it has to have that uh descriptor or why they feel like they need a certain limitation when they're broadcasting over the internet with which uh has no limitations by default. And the weird thing is, in my opinion, so if I was head of marketing or whatever for Nintendo, you put the mini on it if you're announcing this a couple of days prior, a day prior to set expectations, right? And making the announcement an hour or hours before it actually happens, it seems like that's the point where you don't even need to put mini on it. You know what I mean? When you're at the when you're making an announcement early on and people are building up expectation, that's when like, oh, we need to tack mini onto this so we can set people's expectations because of all these leaks. Them attaching Mini to it and then announcing it an hour beforehand doesn't, I don't think, really did much in the grand scheme of things. You know what I mean? It's very weird. Yeah. But very the weird. whole expectations thing is like, you know, all PlayStation has is PlayStation experience. That's once a year. And Xbox doesn't even really have that. They just kind of have their blog posts and stuff. And then yep. their big E3 conference and maybe a Gamescom here or there or whatever. But uh, Nintendo's doing these consistently throughout the year, and so like anybody that has expectations just needs to chill, period, because you're just getting these bonus announcements consistently throughout the year, and Nintendo's still going to do a big old E3 thing. 
Yeah, I so think I it's just know. that they they didn't make the the, the lead up to this about the Nintendo Direct minis earlier early enough, and they were also feeding into all of the hype by posting like weird pictures with like Robot Chibi and stuff like that, or Robo Chibi, or whatever that character's name is, which I'm not familiar with. Mm-hmm. But like they yeah, were feeding into the hype themselves too. You know what I mean? He, he didn't get a game announced, did he? No, they posted well, a picture of him praising the sun, which was exactly a, was teasing Dark Souls. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Which is gotcha. weird. Like, I just think like, he's I agree not with like you. guys. <laughs> Nintendo, you guys have plenty of fucking mascots. He's not one of them. Yeah, like if they would have had DK praising the sun, that would have been cool because it's a double banger with all the DK announcements and the Dark Souls. That would have been cool. See, that would yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. Um, let's get into the actual direct though. I want to go over some of these announcements. Some of them we'll talk about more than others. The first thing they kicked off the direct with, which both of you guys are interested in, not for me. We already kind of covered this. Um, the World Ends With You Final Remix. This is a DS game that came out in 2007. Um, it actually uh, features improved HD visuals, which you would expect for a game coming to the Switch. And uh, also has a brand new epilogue. Um, I have nothing to say about this game. doesn't interest me one bit, but I know you two had at least some interest in it, right? Well, I don't. I know very little about it. I've just been hearing over and over how good it is and how cool it is. And I've seen a few screenshots and now this trailer. And I've, I've always kind of really dug the, the art style. But that's about all I know. So now it's an easy opportunity. You know, now it's easy for me to check this out. So that's why it's interesting to me. Uh, from what I know about it, it's uh, kind of a cult classic. I mean, you know, recent classic, I guess. But. Um, kind of a cult hit uh, JRPG from Square Enix, uh, 2D, obviously. And um, so I think that, you know, it's one of those games I've been trying to get to for a while now, but, um, you know, did, just didn't have the chance to get around to it on my DS. And so uh, I think this is perfect, you know. And I've clearly been talking about how much I just want more of these types of games to come to Switch. Yes, I want the new stuff. And that stuff's coming, you know. It's not like they're uh, pushing like new stuff out of the way for crap like this, because that's not the case. And so, as long as we got good stuff coming in the pipeline, um, you know, the bigger budget Metroids and whatnot, then uh, you know, give me these remasters, these ports, whatever you want them to be. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, looking so, forward to this one. So, Jordan, what do you think the price point is for this game? So, when it came out on DS, it would have been, like, what, $40? Yeah, 30 or 40 For DS, so games, I gotta think. I think this game won't sell past $20, in my opinion. I think it needs to be, like, 20 25 Oh, damn. Yeah, that's why yeah, I'm asking. Oh, I think it... I see 30 but it... I think I agree with Jared that it should be probably 20 but I don't know. We'll see. It'll probably be 30 I could see it. It'll probably be 30 I could see it at 30 or 40 Yeah, I think yeah. 40 would be pushing it a little bit, but... I uh, think that people wouldn't freak the fuck out over 40 because they are adding stuff, you know. Like, when they add stuff, like what they're doing with Catherine, obviously this isn't on Switch, but, you know, they're adding a whole new character to Catherine, or the Persona games in the Atlas has a history with that, where, like, Persona 4 Golden has a ton of new stuff in it. Um, like, Persona 3 Portable has uh, the choice for a female protagonist, so, like, they'll add entire characters or entire arcs or entire epilogues like this situation and so um when you're doing that that's, that's that kind of forgot uh, about the epilogue yeah i mean it kind of uh, justifies a little price bump to me because you're you're making a new part of the game for something that's you know way too old at this point to be receiving dlc expansions also who's going to remember that it came out on ds this is going to be like a new game to a lot of people not even know the history right. of it or whatever mm-hmm. so and it is like a cult 
cult hit, you know, it wasn't, I mean, it was popular enough, but uh, it wasn't something that just set the world on fire, so. Uh, yeah, uh, we're not going to necessarily go in chronological order, so next up we're going to go through the batch of uh, DLC uh, and additional content that was announced. So we'll start off with least important, which is the new additions to Pokémon Tournament DX. Uh, it's getting a couple new fighters. Um, it's getting uh, two new uh, support uh, characters, Mimikyu, uh, which is like the Pikachu-looking mimic Pokémon, and uh, Mega Rayquaza, which is a legendary, obviously. And uh, a new fighter, Aegis Slash, which is like the sword Pokémon, if you guys are familiar with that. Um, and the other DLC pack, which is going to be the second one, has the fighter Blastoise, no introduction. And uh, the two support characters added are Celebi and Mew, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, Pokemon Tournament, we've talked about before, weird choice for a port, but they're still trying to make it a thing. I always hear that Mean Girls uh, quote in my head, you know, stop trying to make it a thing. Um, the next piece of DLC, which I also feel isn't that big or important uh, to me, and I love Super Mario Odyssey, um, is the free update, which is Luigi's Balloon World, which essentially adds Luigi to the world. You go up to him, you talk to him in each individual world, and you have 30 seconds to hide a balloon, or you have 30 seconds to find a balloon, depending on which mode you, you pick, and it's an online leaderboard game. Uh, I, it's probably going to be hot and uh, you know popular for a week, if that. Um, the second part of it, which I'm more interested in, are the new, are the new costumes. So they're adding a costume for... Uh, the Dark World, uh, which is like the dark, I don't, uh, it's not called the Dark World, I forgot the name of the world though, but the Dark Souls-esque world, um, they're adding uh, a knight uh, uniform for that, which looks really cool. The, the Pink uh, Floyd? The Dark Side of the Moon? Or? No, no, not Dark Side of the Moon, the Broken Kingdom, I think it's what it's called, when you fight the dragon. Um, You're thinking Darker Side of the Moon, Dom. Yeah. Um, the second uh, costume is uh, Sunshine uh, throwback. It's Mario in his normal getup, except he's wearing... Uh, blue shades and a uh, an over shirt that has I didn't play Sunshine so help me out here what are the the little like star character things in Sunshine called I don't I don't know the main the characters star characters are the the palm the, tree looking dudes those dudes yeah yeah ah uh, fuck anyways it's a door it's a pattern on the jacket he's wearing which looks pretty cool and the third one is like uh like a secondary mobster type uniform there's the black pinstripe suit and this one seems to add more of like a uh pauline look uh so it's more like maroonishy red uh which is really cool um yeah i'm not really excited for this update it's cool that it's free like i'm not complaining but it's nothing i'm gonna really dive into i'm gonna hop in to get those new costumes but that balloon thing doesn't really do much for me i don't know about you guys i don't know if it I still can't remember the characters, but I think it was Isle Delfino. Um, yeah, is yeah that, that's the right. island that he goes to in Sunshine. Yeah, uh, and the last uh, DLC. I don't know if you guys had anything to say about the Super Mario Odyssey update. I don't want to cut you guys off. Not really. I mean, I think it's it's a free update, but I do yeah. think because you know this didn't have a season pass. Zelda and Kingdom Battle did have season passes, so yeah. I was a little worried about the possibility of you know DLC, but I think this is the perfect uh, tease for a possible expansion to come, which is what I'm really looking forward to. I wanted Luigi yeah. to be playable. That's what I was hoping for. Yeah. Uh, well, that's. I think this introducing Luigi might yeah. be the uh, you know, the road leading down to kind of what they did with uh, New Super Mario Bros. U, which was uh, New Super Luigi U, I think, was the it, DLC. 
and you can only access this once you beat the game too so it's not gonna like bend the world in any weird ways of the the deep story of, of uh super mario odyssey yeah. but it is cool because this al- also opens the door to uh, another uh, other characters that can hop in and be these like events right on the side which is really cool add more depth to the game post game yeah, yeah um Anyways, the last one, which I think is the most important one and the most fulfilling and meaty one, is the Donkey Kong update or Donkey Kong DLC that's coming to Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. It adds Donkey Kong and a whole new world. It looks like Mayan tropical themed, which fits in perfectly with like DK. Um, really cool trailer. Uh, people are wondering if so for all of the characters, and this hasn't been confirmed or not. For all of the characters, is the Rabbit counterpart. So people are wondering if uh, Rabid DK, which is a boss in the base game, is going to be the yeah. counterpart that you get in the DLC, which would be pretty cool. Um, mm. Yeah. I, do any of us have Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle? Nope. Yeah. Yeah, you love do. Love it. Have you, did you love, end up beating it. the story, or are you still just working your way through it slowly, Jordan? I don't remember. Uh, no, I, I, uh, <laughs> I haven't played it in a while. Okay. Um, but I, it's something that I plan on, I, you know, could get back to and could also kind of just hop in at any point, which I'm really not that uncomfortable with doing with any game. I'm, I usually uh, just hop into a game that I haven't played with for a long while and, you know, give myself time to get reacclimated. So, but anyways, that's a side point. Um, I was, it was a game that I liked enough to actually be like, okay, I could, I could see myself buying this season pass. You know, obviously I would need to uh, play it more to warrant that purchase, but um, another game that I'm very excited that it's getting DLC, even if I'm not necessarily playing it right away, just because that shows, um, you know, basically this whole little conversation we're having about the DLC, obviously they were supporting, Nintendo was supporting DLC on Wii U, but this, um, I think, is kind of a whole nother level, and... um, the Switch, we've talked about its issues with, you know, downloading stuff from the store and all that, but I still think that this is them heading in the right direction with the expansions that they're bringing to these games. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next up, we're going to get into the little, like, third-party pocket here. Um, so first up is this weird tag team fighting game called SNK Heroines Tag Team Frenzy. I'm not familiar with SNK, um, so it's completely lost on me. It looks like Same. a it looks like a very interesting game. Uh, it's very fan servicey, uh, to yeah. put it lightly. Um, I, I doubt uh, Dom has anything to say about this. Any secret nope. love for SNK heroines, though? Um, Dom's too busy playing Peach Bleach Splash. Ah, oh, God. Uh, next up, Payday Two, which we've known about, uh, has a release date February twenty seventh, twenty eighteen. Actually, features an exclusive character, uh, a timed exclusive character, Joy, who's this very like cyberpunky. Uh, character with an LED mask that lights up and changes colors and stuff. Very reminiscent mm. of that side character in Watch Dogs 2, which I don't know the name of. Um, the dead mousey looking guy. Do you guys remember that character yeah, from like, yeah, the trailers yeah. and stuff? Um, Reminded me a lot of that. But I was just going to say, uh, people love making memes about uh, how Skyrim just keeps getting re-released. <laughs> Payday 2. Payday will not die, <laughs> yeah. man. Payday 2 will never die. Um Really cool. It's interesting to see how it's going to work with the Switch's online infrastructure because it's such a heavily online multiplayer-focused game. Um, that's right. going to be interesting. Uh, next up, we have a couple of smaller games. Uh, first up is Celeste, which is this is a game I didn't know about but looks super cool. Uh, it's from Matt Makes Games. Uh, it's an indie action platformer. It's coming out January 25th, which is like right around the corner a couple of weeks from now. Um, it has a very retro 8-bit-looking style, and it's... It's hard to explain. I don't know if you guys saw the trailer for it, but it, it involves a dash mechanic, and it prides itself on multiple difficulty settings um, for various different types of players. Um, so there's like baby mode, 
an easy mode and normal mode and hard mode and like ultra hard mode so it like has a vast array of different play styles um, the aesthetic looks really cool um, it I think it looks like it could be a game where if the platforming feels feels right enough it could be a hidden gem I'm, I'm this mm. is a game that I didn't know about and now it's on my list of I might end up picking it up because it looks it looks very unique even though it's taking the retro style which has kind of been taken on by a lot of games recently um, but cool so and January 25th which is like soon so yes uh, Jared I hope you'll uh, forgive me for one one more tangent here if you have a game if you have a movie that you're making if you are starting a band why why do you give whatever it is that you're whatever art it is or art team that you're you're starting why do people just do shitty names like Matt makes games like it might be a, such cool studio names like studios like you know Sucker Punch, Naughty Dog. Those are awesome names. Yeah. There's awesome band names like Led Zeppelin, right, or Pink Floyd. And then there's just stuff like Matt makes games or I love music. The DJ that like, game company. Uh, yeah, it's like fucking come on, man. You're supposed to be creative people, <laughs> and this is the best you can come up with. Well, that's funny because it's it's one of those things where like. I think it's creatives who are solely based and focused on the type of things they do. So when it comes to a decision like a name where it's so broad, you know what I mean? It's like, well, I don't know what the name should be. Uh, I don't know. The worst uh, is... Toothpick, uh, nail pick. I don't know. The worst is it's like the Jordan Jarvis experience. Like, fucking oh, get the Dave Matthews you band. Fool really? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Come on. It's not even you fool <laughs> yourself. It's like you, you couldn't think of anything besides your own fucking name. Really? Yeah. Um, get out of here, Matt. Get the fuck out of here, Matt. Back on track. This is a game that we kind of anticipated seeing, <laughs> considering it was the whole point in us thinking that there was going to be direct in early January. Uh, Faye, or Fee, however you want to pronounce it. I've heard it pronounced both ways, too, officially. So I don't know what the actual say official Faye. pronunciation is. We'll go with Faye. Uh, controlled interest approved uh, pronunciation. Um, so th- this is the this is the game that's being published by EA um, for their indie collective, which I don't remember the name of. Do you remember the name EA of it? EA Originals. EA Originals. Um, it's coming to the Nintendo eShop on February 16th, as well as all other platforms. Looks beautiful. Looks awesome. Glad to see this game finally coming out. So this means that the two games we knew about for EA Originals are coming out uh, within a month of each other. Faye comes out in, uh, in February, and then a way out's in March. Um, this is a game that I was going to be picking up on the Xbox One, more than likely... Um, and I still might, depending on what discount I get with EA Access on Xbox. Um, but it looks like it fits right at home on Switch. So, beautiful game. The whole originals thing, just I can't, I don't get it. For one, it's like you guys are so big. I feel like you could have more than one of these or two going at a time. Yeah. And also, like from what I've seen of Faye, it just looks like a basic indie game, kind of like Unravel did, and. None of the three games have interested me, especially because A Way Out is interesting, but then, like, you gotta play it with somebody else, so I'm like, well, you know, a single-player option would at least be nice, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, you Artists. know, I, obviously, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I obviously have, uh, have big quarrels with EA, and this is just another one, I guess, but, like, you know, it's very, I do feel like it's disingenuous of them to be like, we're this nice, friendly indie supporter company, but then they're going to gouge the shit out of you with Battlefront 2 and the like. So, yeah. Nah. Uh, next up, as far as third parties, EA is uh, for you. Ease 8 Lacrimosa of Dana, which is a very odd name. Matt makes games. Uh, Lacrimosa of Matt. Um, anyways, uh, 
doesn't really interest me. It looks like, you know, Ease is a game that's, or a series that's been around forever that I've just never had any interest in personally. But a lot of people love it. Apparently, from what people were saying, is that this game looks a lot worse than they would expect for a port to Switch, if that makes sense. Like, it looks vastly worse than you would anticipate a game uh, looking when it gets ported to Switch. So people aren't too happy about that. Um, but there's no additional content either. There's, like, nothing new coming to it for Switch. It's just literally a port of the game that already existed on PS4, Vita, and PC. Um, so. Still good that it's coming. Yeah, exactly. Unless it's broken. If it's broken, that's a different story. Uh, let's get into... Okay, I, I wanted to get into all the first-party stuff, so we'll get into that, and then we'll get into the final announcement. So let's go with the least important first-party thing that's coming to Switch, which is a port of Hyrule Warriors. Uh, it's the f definitive edition. Uh, it's going to actually include all of the content from the Wii U and 3DS versions, um, and it's also going to have uh, Breath of the Wild characters, which I don't know if that was in either of the previous versions. This is one of those... I think this is even uh, this is even worse than the Pokémon DX, the Pokémon Tournament DX port. Like, who really wants Hyrule Warriors, man? You know what I mean? I don't know. It just... This whole port is, like, ugh to me. I'm like, man, okay, There's whatever. better I, ports to be I, had, I, and they might, they might be coming, but it's just... Ugh. There's just... There's, there's like, you know, probably 15 Wii U games that people really want to play and, like, stuff that people would really get into and uh, would really be... Um, sad that they missed out on on that console. And Pokémon this... and Hyrule Warriors are not two of those 15 at all. I think this must be one of those things that like we just don't have good visibility into because when this original Hyrule Warriors game got announced for Wii U, I was kind of like what the fuck? Like, no, that's dumb. But then, not long after, it gets announced for 3DS. Like, How did they even... Why do they? I mean, whatever. that makes sense okay, though, because Wii U didn't then, have an install base, and they probably want to sell based on all the work they did. Sure. So move it to 3DS, which had the most units, right? But then, then they announced like Fire Emblem Warriors, right? The Fire Emblem version of this game. On, I think that's on Switch, right? I don't even know. Yep. Yeah, yeah, um, it's on Switch, yeah. And I had the same thought, like, really, are these games like popular? Are they selling or something? Well, I don't think they, they do on the West. West. I think fucking... they do better over in Japan than they do here. Yeah. Yeah. And now That's this, so it, like it must sell. Dynasty Warriors games, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Very weird. Uh, we're running a little long, and I want to get to our most anticipated games, so we're going to kind of punch through these last ones. Um, I think there's only one that we'll probably want to talk about for a long while, which is uh, the game... Uh, I guess... Uh, we don't have to talk about it too much during because I think it's going to be in, in our other segment. So, um, But the other port, the one that people are probably actually excited for, is Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which I'm stoked is coming to the Switch. This is one of those games like Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, Super Mario Maker, that we were worried was going to be stranded on the Wii U, and it's coming over. Um, fantastic. Awesome. People have made jokes about, oh, this is what Retro's been working on. The the, the Switch port, which isn't true, is probably handled by a different studio. Um but yeah, it's coming out May 4th, 2018, which is awesome. Celebrate Cinco de Mayo with uh, the Tropical Freeze. Um, last up, we have a couple of things. So we have Kirby Star Allies, which is the Kirby game coming to Switch, which has a date of March 16th. Um, we have Mario Tennis Aces, which I don't want to talk about too much because it's going to be in our next segment. Um, but the last announcement, which is really cool, was the Dark Souls Remastered. Um, so this is coming out May 25th, 2018, coming to Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One. PS4 and Xbox One are going to be getting 4K 60fps, uh, and <laughs> the Switch version isn't. Um, but it's going to be remastered with the technology from Dark Souls 3, and it's going to actually include the Artorias of the Abyss DLC, which is fantastic. Um, 
And this also states that there's the, going to be multiplayer with up to six players on dedicated servers on the Switch. So super interesting. So the the, the Switch version will be better, though, than the original, right? It'll still, when you plug it in, yes. I think it'll be 1080p. Yeah. And assuming... Uh, the frame rate is a you know a, a solid 30 fps, whereas like on 360 and PS3, in down Blight Town specifically, and a few other areas, it dropped real low. So I think it should be better than the original at least. I think Dark Souls Remastered on the Switch will be like um, the way it's upresed on backwards compatibility on Xbox, which I found to be pretty good from the original version. Um, probably even better than that because like you know they're making the remaster and they're probably just downscaling it instead of upscaling the base game. You know what I mean? if that makes sense? You know what I'm trying to say there. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, really cool. There was also, uh, not in the Switch announcement, but Dark Souls related, there was a trilogy collection uh, for like 450 bucks announced for uh, PS4 exclusively in Japan. No Western release date yet. This is cool, though. This adds on to, you mentioned in chat before we went live, Jordan, this is another ring in the belt of like, Nintendo's cool with having mature games on their platform. Doom, Wolfenstein 2 this yes. coming year. And this is another yes. one of like, when would you ever think Doom would... Uh, Doom or Dark Souls would be on a Nintendo platform, right? Super cool. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you guys this question. If I were to ask, or someone were to ask us, we'll say two years ago, which is more likely? Zelda on the same platform as a Dark Souls game, you know, uh, on you know Xbox and PlayStation, or Dark Souls uh, on the same platform as Zelda on a Nintendo console, right? It would and be the two first. Two years ago, yeah. we yeah. would have thought, well, probably Zelda coming to, you know, PlayStation and Xbox. But ironically... <laughs> Here we are, and the, the reverse has happened. Exactly. Super cool. Super excited about that. Uh, let's get into our most anticipated. We're going to go round robin, so I'll say my first one, and then Jordan, and then Dom will go around. Um, talk about it for a bit. I don't want to go super long, though. So, um, Anyways, uh, real quick, honorable mentions. Splunky 2, we got this announced at P... I want to say Paris Games Week. I was going to say PSX. It's Paris Games Week. They didn't do any announcements at PSX. Paris Games Week, Smunky 2 doesn't have a date yet, but I could easily see Mossmelt and Derek Yu putting this out this year. Katana Zero, we talked about it last year. Where's that game? Uh, that could possibly come out in 2018 as well. Uh, below, same thing from Cappy Games. Uh, remember last time we heard from them, they said, next time you'll hear from us, the game will be ready to come out, and we haven't heard from them from in like over a year and a half, I think, so they kind of stuck to their word there. Um, but my first, uh, most anticipated, is The Messenger. This is a teaser trailer that released a couple of weeks, maybe a week ago, um, from Sabotage Studios, who's a Canadian studio. It's set for 2018. It's an 8-bit action 2D platformer. You play as a ninja, and uh, it's originally touted as an 8-bit game. But towards the end of the trailer, the ninja hops through a portal, and it becomes 16-bit, and you actually turn into a samurai. Uh, it's very Shovel Knight-esque, fantastic music. Um, it's been winning tons of awards at the indie festivals in Canada for for indie games, and uh, it, it 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 looks like Shovel Knight a lot, but it differentiates itself. Gameplay I think is is different. There's some mechanics that kind of look similar, but there's a character progression. Um, there's gear which is kind of similar to Shovel Knight, um, and it has a cool sense of humor. Um, one of the scenes in the trailer is this like looming figure that comes down, and you just see like this big purple cape from behind. And he lands on the ground and he turns around and he's actually a skeleton dude that's like half the size of what he looked like coming down. It's like very intimidating. He's like, oh, it's a weird little skeleton dude. Um, so the sense of humor is really cool too. Um, this came out of nowhere. I really hope it's awesome. Um, no platforms announced yet. I actually did email these guys uh, from our email from the Controlled Interest and asked them like, hey, any news on platforms? Is this coming to Switch? What's happening there? And they said, uh, you'll hear some announcements soon. So... 
hopefully this comes to Switch first, not just PC automatically, because I definitely want to play this game in 2018. Uh, Jordan, what's your first anticipated? So, um, this one came up just today, once we had the Nintendo Direct, where um, I was feeling some major excitement once I heard that we were getting a new Mario Tennis game. So, Mario Tennis Aces uh, coming to Switch. Did that have a date, Jared? Uh, no, it said uh, summer 2018, I believe. I'll just double check. Summer, you okay. Yeah. So I just, I really love, I enjoy tennis games, even though I'm not a big uh, sports Sp- game guy. And spring 2018. Uh, gotcha. Sure. And um, I love Mario Tennis. A um, lot, a lot of fun. Can be really chilled and relaxing, and can also be fun with other people and. Um, just, you know, the crazy stuff that they got going on. It's also, they're just well-made tennis games for the most part. So um, that is kind of just uh, one that hit me today, and I was like, damn, I'm really excited for this. So I mean, it's on my list. Uh, Dom, what about you? What's your first most anticipated? My first and most, um, Far Cry 5. So I've really been kind of craving a bit of a, you know, a checkbox open-world type game. That's, you know, like a Ubisoft game, right? Um, going around and climbing the towers and unlocking the map and doing you know all those things that are you know we're used to in far cry and assassin creed assassin's creed games i've just been craving that kind of um so but not only that but far cry 5 um i've always liked the far cry games far cry games i can't talk today for whatever reason but (laughs) I've, i've liked the far cry games better than the assassin creed games for the most part um you know the first person i just not that's not a general rule for me that I like first person better, but in these two series, I don't know. I kind of prefer the Far Cry uh, experience. Uh, most of the settings, which is crazy that I'm saying that, but I've liked the settings in Far Cry games more. Yeah, it's, that's really weird that I just came to that conclusion because I shouldn't, knowing me, but I just do. <laughs> weird. Yeah. Um, I usually like historical stuff, but for some reason, I don't know. Um, we can get into that later, but this setting in particular for this Far Cry game, I'm really digging this uh, this Montana, you know, this U.S. thing they got going on um, with your kind of like crop dusting plane and your dog, and I don't know, it, it, and the cult. I don't know, it just everything is just. I'm really into it, and I'm really pumped for this, and it's coming pretty quick, and I, it's it feels much more real uh, and much closer than the next game on my list, which we'll get to later. So. And the, the Far Cry games always have cool villains, I think, like lead villains. Um, right, 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 right. At least the mainline ones. I don't know if Primal had that kind of thing as well. Um, another thing with Far Cry 5 is that, uh, you know, playing a Far Cry game in America, again, is going to be cool. Cause I, I, I think the one, either one or two was in America, right? Or, like, on the, in the Caribbean or something? No idea. Yeah. Uh, Didn't get there till 3. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, my next game on my most anticipated is Metro Exodus. I've talked about before numerous times how much I love Metro 2033 and Last Light. Uh, obviously, this is the third game in the series. Um, it was There's actually a thing going around that the release date for this game was teased in the trailer. Um, you know at the end of the, the, the trailer, I don't know if you guys remember the trailer, when it says Metro and then it has like those yellow things flipping underneath the tiles, and then it eventually says Exodus? Mm-hmm. I guess in that, if you can if you freeze frame it at the, uh, at the right moment and people have taken screen caps of it, it says August 8th. So people are anticipating that this uh-huh. is going to be coming out August eighth, um, Exodus, which is I think a perfect time for this type of game. I love Metro Exodus. It can't really compete with all the games in November and October, and I think it coming out that early will definitely benefit it. Um, if that is indeed the release date, like I said before, great underrated FPS series. 
Um, I'm interested to see how the train aspects of it plays out. I think I believe it's called Exodus because the train is called Exodus. Um, and for me, I believe that if this is a fantastic game, which I hope it will be, and I think it will be because Last Light was so good. Uh, Metro 2033 uh, was good, but I think Last Light was them hitting more of their prime, and this could be their their uh, their breakout, man. Like Witcher 3 with CD Projekt Red. Like Witcher and Witcher 2 were good games. Witcher 3 set CD Projekt Red apart. And I think... Witcher uh, 2 is a great game. It, it is, but... That. No, no, I'm not saying it's not a great game, but as far as uh, marketability and general audience, like... Witcher 3 Absolutely. definitely hit a wider audience, and I think it that became could be... became mainstream, Absolutely. yeah. Exactly. And 4A Games is a great underrated studio. They're from the Ukraine, which is really cool and unique. Um, and I love, just like CD Projekt Red in uh, Poland, I like when these studios that are from countries that aren't, you know, the United States or Japan, infiltrate the gaming realm and, like, dominate. And I really hope that Metro Exodus Guerrilla Guerrilla Games. Europe, yeah. exactly, I was just about to say. The Europe, Europe is... Uh, studio game studio scene is fucking coming up, dog. Exactly, I agree. Um, yeah, uh, up, two, two of my three games on here are are European, which I'll get to my third game uh, next time I come around. What's your second game, Jordan? When I come around, <laughs> <laughs> that was the hit classic oh, from boy. Matt Sing Songs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or Billy, yeah, right? fucking no, great Matt, band Matt name, Matt. Games. Way Matt to go, games. Matt. Oh, I was thinking the. Green I'd like Day. to announce my Never new mind. movie studio. Oh, okay, Matt makes movies. Yeah. So, um, you did some uh, honorable mentions, Jared. I wanted to throw those in there real quick. Um, so, uh, God of War is coming out. That's the reboot from old Sony Santa Monica. Um, and you know, obviously, I'm biased towards the Sony uh, first party studios, and uh, I've been a God of been a God of War fan. Um, you know, since the first game on PS2 and have played all of them, uh, the spinoffs on handheld and all that. Um, and, uh, you know, just enjoy the series. And I think even though most people were tired of the series after Ascension, I necessarily wasn't there because I mean, God of War is, is good, has always been really good at what it does in the combat there. So, you know, the fact that they are switching it up is is totally fine with me, but um, I probably wouldn't have complained all that much if they hadn't. Uh, regardless, the fact that they're diving into Norse mythology is fucking awesome because I love uh, Norse mythology and have been getting into it uh, these last several years, especially now watching Vikings, uh, which dips into it as well. And then, you know, it's been brought into the mainstream by the Thor movies too, so that's uh, it's a good time for Norse mythology, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, so I'm excited for God of War. And then, um, obviously, I'm fucking pumped over Nino Kuni 2, uh, The Revenant Kingdom. Um, this one, I think it's still, uh, they're still getting a helping hand from Studio Ghibli. But it's not like a super big co-production, I think, like the first one was. Because um, that Ghibli had a big hand in and like animated 2D cutscenes. Um, that look just as good as their movies. Um, so I think that Level 5 is still totally talented enough to take care of this themselves, but um, I do feel like it's going to be um, a little bit sad not to have Ghibli around, just because obviously they're a very special uh, animation studio with a name better than Matt Makes Animation. <laughs> uh, but then the actual uh, game on my list 
that I am super pumped for is coming up real quick, and that is Monster Hunter World. And I think, uh, honestly, the reason that I'm so excited for this is because I think I'm going to get my get some Bloodborne feels out of this. Uh, because that's kind of... That vibe. Well, I mean, you know, you're fighting these giant monsters, which is part of what you do in Bloodborne. You know, it's fast-paced action, uh, third-person action adventure, RPG. High skill and, cap. Um, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so, yeah, I definitely feel like there's room there for me to get those vibes. It may not be the case, Dom, but... Uh, I Monster do Hunters like are it's... hard games. People think they're like yeah. they're like family games or something. They're hard games. <laughs> Yeah, they're certainly known for not being, you know, just a walk in the fucking park. So, um, and then, you know, you got the cool Aloy DLC, which I do think she just fits well into this game. And also, I've been wanting to play Monster Hunter for years now, but they've always been on Nintendo and specifically a lot on their handhelds, which I don't think is a great place for third person action adventure where you're battling giant monsters. So, um,. I think this is a great spot for it to be on PS4. I think it's going to be, look great on PS4 Pro. Um, and then, you know, the fact that they're kind of even diving into a story mode and stuff like that. Um, I'm just excited for it. You know, I like monster hunting. Um, so so we'll see. We'll see if it gives me any uh, scratches, any bloodborne itches. Um, if not, then I can always just go back to Neo. The thing um, with so the yeah. thing with Monster Hunter World Jordan is like it's a game I want to get, but it's a game I know I'll only enjoy if I play with my friends. And man, is it a hard sell to my friends? Not because it's not like a high yeah. quality game or anything like that, but you know, just on the surface of selling Monster Hunter World, especially to people who are more FPS centric or stuff, like, and they're open to other games. It's just like Monster Hunter World is is a very tough sell, and it's something I'll probably end up picking up later in the year. But I don't know if I'll pick it up um, right off the gate just because. That game, I think, is made best when playing with people, and I don't really have that group that I can play with, you know what I mean? To just justify it. Yeah. Plus, like, Dragon Ball we'll see uh, how Fighters comes out the same game. day, and it's like, that's that's tough for me, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Fighters is obviously something that I'm really into, uh, but the, it does seem like it's got a decent amount of lore stuffed in there, and um, going back through the uh, Dragon Ball series that I as I am right now, um, it's like I almost don't want to. Not, I mean, I know like who the fuck future Trunks is <laughs> yeah. and all that shit, but but it's like I still kind of want to like naturally go th- back through the series, and then once I'm um, pushing into Dragon Ball Z territory or Super territory, then I'll probably pick that game up at some point. Also, we're not people that are going to be fighting in the meta or anything. You know what I mean? So we yeah, don't. Totally. We're not the people that need to buy a fighting game day one. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not those yeah. type of fighting yeah, players. Even yeah. for stuff that I really fucking like, you know. Dragon Ball or Injustice with DC Comics, it's like, yeah, but it's a fighting game, so I really can't just justify this $60 for a four-hour campaign or whatever. Yeah, I mean, the multiverse, I think, sold it for me, but I, I don't even think I got it for 60 I think I got it for 40 Anyways, Tom, yeah. uh, what's your second most anticipated? So, my second most anticipated, um, and it's pretty unanimous, people are kind of unanimously agreeing that Knack three. it's not actually going to hit, Sorry. and that it's not actually going to hit in 2018. Um, and that's Kingdom Hearts 3. Because this is, even though it was officially announced for 2018, this is Square Enix, and this is a big RPG, so pretty safe bet that it doesn't end up making it, but I'm super hyped for it, so it makes the list irregardless. Um, and especially regardless. now, regardless, you're right. Um, I got you, Especially dog. after the complaints I just 
uh, made earlier about the controls um, and kind of the antiquated nature of Kingdom Hearts 1. I think, I mean, assuming from the trailers I watched, you know, 3 will be, you know, much more modern and fluid in that sense. So it's going to feel great. Combat is looking slick. Exactly. I can't wait. The other other thing I'm holding on to... Uh, Nomura said years away last year, and so, and it's been fucking ages since Kingdom Hearts 2, so I am just like putting my hype on the back burner for this, but I'm very glad that yeah. you're excited, Dom. Yeah, and then the other the other good thing, or the other high point I have excited for, or can't fucking say a sentence today, um, I'm, I'm, I was happy that Toy Story was the new world that they announced, because oh, man, my one yes. gripe, uh, my one potential gripe that you know i could have with this game or even like i'm not even sure some of the other worlds they have in two the other games um but my one gripe would be that i'm i don't know anything about big hero six or tron or whatever else right yeah yeah right but i have no idea so i don't have any kind of i have no connection to that whereas every world in the first game aside from like winnie the pooh um i had a pretty heavy connection with especially when i was younger so i was glad to see toy story um was the world because yeah that was a movie uh a couple movies that i loved as a kid as every kid they, did uh, so yeah. they've 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 had a lot of worlds at this point from a lot of different disney properties so um, right. i i feel for them trying to like come up with new ones that aren't totally fucking irrelevant i have a question real yeah, quick there's a good choice it could be a simple answer jordan you don't need to go on a tangent or anything because oh, so obviously you're 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 a big call me guy. out uh no, 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 because I know it's something you could talk about for a while. That's why, specifically, sure, sure, what I'm sure. about to ask. Do you think we have a better chance or a higher chance? Because everyone wants this and everyone's crying about it and think it's going to happen. But, like, realistically, Star do you think Wars. we have a higher chance for a Star Wars world or a Marvel world? Or neither? Like, realistically um, speaking. I would say Marvel, but then you look at the logistics and it's like, well, is it just Avengers? Is it just X-Men? Is it all the fucking Marvel characters or like all the big ones at least? Um, you know, that's could be a logistical nightmare unless you're like, no, it's four worlds and, you know, it's Avengers world and X-Men world and Fantastic Four world or whatever you want to do. Um, but that could be a little messy. If you just do Star Wars world, which doesn't make sense because Star Wars is all about the galaxy that it takes place <laughs> yeah. in. Um, it could just be, you know, your one set of characters, your your Han and Leia and Luke, or your Finn Zero and Naboo. and Rey. <laughs> <laughs> or, or it could just be fucking Jar Jar or some shit like that. But I was obviously going to bring it up. I think you nailed it, Jared. Like, I, Dom, you just got to believe, man. You just got to get deep down deep down in your soul and believe because it's fucking happening it's yeah. happening i don't don't believe in it, it. and i'm saying believing it oh yeah. the i'm thinking both jared Ooh. i don't think either any more than like maybe one of the characters comes in as a summon or something like that well um, if they were going to do it they would do it the fuck up and i just feel like I mean, they've done Pixar movies. You know, they expanded into Pixar movies and not just Disney. They've done Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff like that. You know, they've got uh, Tangled and Big Hero 6, which you might not think would be would necessarily work, and uh, Tron. So I definitely think that it's not out of the question. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, oh, so, I love that one. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, so, yeah, it's... Trying not to go on a tangent here, but my <laughs> god, it's fucking happening. Well, it's gonna happen. It, for me, I think if it was Marvel, it'd be 
you want it to be have the most marketability, so I think it would just be baseline Avengers. That sells to kids the most. Yeah. I think it would be the, the core Avengers, I think, if it was anything. And Captain st- America, oh. Iron Man. A, st- a lightsaber keyblade is all I want in this world. Lightsaber keyblade. Uh, yes. Uh, Dom, are you are you finished? I don't want to cut you off by any means. Yeah, no, okay. that's it. Kingdom Hearts. Uh, so my yeah. last, my third most anticipated. I want Kingdom Hearts three so bad. Um, my last <laughs> most anticipated. I just thought of Sora in a Jedi robe, and I was like, oh. "Fuck!" God. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so my last most anticipated is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Uh, this is from Moon Studios, uh, published by Microsoft Studios, obviously. Um, one thing I didn't know when uh, doing the research, Moon Studios is an Austrian developer, which is really cool. Ooh. Um, so shout out to Austrian Austria. or Australian? Austrian. Europe. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, shout out to Europe. Uh, so Ori and the Blind Forest was the first game in the series. Loved it. Beautiful game. Um, speaking of Pixar, it was a Pixar video game, right? Uh, super sad, super yeah. heartwarming. Great inventive platformer in its own right. Metroidvania at its core. Gorgeous game. I can just imagine what this thing is going to look like on the Xbox One X. Most powerful console. <laughs> Hashtag TM, trademark. Um, but yeah, Ori and the Will of Wisps, I'm super excited for the continuation of this story. Um, you know, I I think a lot of times we get caught up in the, the major IPs that these studios have, like the, the big dogs. And Xbox does need to come up with some new IP um, as far as the big stuff. But I do think Ori is is a, an IP that Xbox has now that is really cool and has a lot of growth to it and could be a That's special series. Exactly. Um, it's so beautiful. Um, it, it, speaking of, too, along with Ori and the Will of the Wisps, uh, tangentially related, there's actually a rumor right now that uh, the Coalition, who are the studio that makes Gears of War, is working on a new IP, um, which is really interesting. Um, but going back to Ori and the Will of the Wisps, I'm interested to see where the story goes. Obviously, the first game centered around, uh, and it's been a while since I played, so forgive me. Your big fluffy pal passes away, and you kind of go on this journey trying to restore light to the world. This game seems to center around the loss uh, of loss again, but the owl, uh, the owl character is dealing with the loss of its parents. Um, and you know, I think when you when you have something like that, that's talking about loss and something dark in such a beautiful world, those two things go together so well. And, yeah, I think it's just going to be another great game. I don't expect any less. And, uh, yeah, super excited for that one. Mm. So, uh, my final uh, most anticipated game is Spider-Man by Insomniac. Hell yeah. And I would have had this on my list. But... Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man. If, exactly. Da, 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 da. If Wolverine, you're not excited. Wolverine. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, if you're not excited for an ex- an insomniac made Spider-Man, you know the creators of games masterpieces like Sunset Overdrive and Ratchet and Clank. I mean, there couldn't be a better studio uh, primed to make this game unless we're possibly talking about Sucker Punch. I was just um, gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, I think Sucker Punch. With uh, the infamous games, and of course, Sly Cooper, he's hopping around rooftops and shit. Um, but Rock either steady. way, either way, I I don't I think these two would would make a better Spider-Man I mean, game the only, than Rocksteady. The only pair I can think of with a property in a studio that would be as close would be Unchar. Uh, sorry, uh, Naughty Dog and like Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like I think that yeah, would yeah, be yeah. yeah. 
This is such a good pairing. This is like a dream game where they're like, imagine if this studio yeah. who makes jumpy games with flippy dudes made this Spider-Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like something like That's Kid really Dreams good. Up and it actually made, made come true. It's really cool. Yeah. And um, it looks really great. Like, if you're sitting over there griping about fucking quick time events or button prompts, like, ding dong, spoiler alert, it's a fucking video game. You know, just get over it. And that's the only complaint that anybody can even have against this game. So, um, not completely convinced that it's coming out this year, but uh, I think it'll make its way. Um, at some point, especially since it was uh, part of the group that they said was coming out in the first half of the year, even though I think that's pretty pretty much stretching it uh, too far. But it looks great. Um, Insomniac is absolutely one of the best studios and one of my favorites. And coming off of Sunset Overdrive and, and the Ratchet and Clank reimagining, I am so excited to see what they do here. And I think they're going to make a cool story the way that they're going. I like when specifically with spider-man and if it's a comic or an animated series that i'm watching or a movie i like when we can just jump in because everybody fucking knows peter parker and his whole story and he's the one superhero that you don't need to tell the origin story for even though um they've been very prone to do that especially in the movies so it's like um you know what's going on with uh spider-man in in the mcu right now um, and they got the cool animated series going. Obviously, there's always going to be comics. Um, that new yeah, Miles Morales is... movie looks sick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the Donald Glover's working on the animated movie, um, and also doing that Deadpool series. Man, I keep remembering that, and it's just like, oh, even though it's clearly taking over his music career. But anyways, <laughs> no more tangents, Jared. Sorry. Um, no, no, no. It's my fault. But yeah, I mean. I guess what I'm saying here is what more could you ask for? I, I am very excited it's, about this guy. It's the only other complaint I hear, and this is so dumb, is people are like, the only the only villain we've seen is Mr. Negative, which technically is wrong because Wilson Fisk is in the trailers, and he's yeah uh, yeah uh, Kingpin, obviously. He's Kingpin. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to shout out is Marvel giving them absolute free reign to do whatever the hell they want. I think that's super cool, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see We're all the little see... secrets and, and hidden things that they add and stuff we don't even see coming. You know what I mean? Oh, Yeah. yeah. And I definitely think there's going to be several villains in this and one's way bigger than Mr. Negative. So I'm cool with that. Just show me Mr. Negative and then let me, you know, find and discover the other ones on my own, which unfortunately, even though I'm probably not watching any more trailers for this game, I'm still probably going to hear about it at some point or read an article or whatever. So that's, that's, that is what it is. But, Either way. Uh, real quick, I don't want to go on I, too, I, too long. I don't think that they're going to fuck this up. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a very solid game. Real quick, don't want to go on a tangent. I have a theory of what I, I, I anticipate uh, the story will be about, Jordan. My take from the go trailer ahead. we've seen, I've seen it. I've only seen the trailer from E3, you know, the, the Wilson Fisk in jail calling him on the phone thing. My weird theory for this is that Wilson Fisk is going to be in jail, and basically the game is going to be Peter struggling with his his relationship with Wilson Fisk and Wilson's going to be basically manipulate him into taking down all of these other big villains, right? Obviously Mr. Negative mm -hmm. and you know you expect uh Osborne and all of them. Dr. I think Oc, at the yeah. end of yeah, I think at the end of this game the big thing is going to be Fisk gets out and basically everything that Peter's done in this game, the this storyline is going to make it so Fisk becomes the powerhouse in New York and he's the mayor and it's basically like Peter having to deal with the fact that he just helped the kingpin rise to power by eliminating all of his enemies, you know? 
if if they do it the way you're talking about, that would be really fucking dope. And yeah. either way, I just they're good. They're great storytellers, and and they're such a talented game studio. Um, so like I said, I don't think they're gonna fuck it up. Also, they've teased Miles Morales, and and it's their own universe. That's the best thing. Is is they're not connected to anybody else, and they don't have to uh, shoehorn in. You know. Yep. 25 years of the MCU or whatever it is, so I'm very excited about that, too. Also, shout out to Yuri Lowenthal, who's playing Peter Parker. Underrated voice actor, man. The guy's so good. Absolutely. Uh, Dom, what's your your last most anticipated? (sighs) Alright, this sounds silly, um, but it's Dark Souls Remastered. Now, I played through this game, you know, like three or four times now, uh, at least 100 hours uh, in my life with this game, but I just can't wait, man. Like, it's just the perfect excuse to play it again and now in uh, in 4K and 60 frames per second. So I, I'm pretty sure I've decided on going with the PS4 version instead of the Switch, but check some graphics comparisons once once it gets closer to release here, but um, I'm just That's I'm just ready. That's going to be an ugly match right there. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm open and we're going to see how it looks, but I also when like the timing. When was the last time you played it? Uh, a while, uh, 2012. I was in high school. Was it you haven't touched on, it since? Uh, PS3. Wow. I have it on like PC, and I've I, I've you know putzed around with it, but I haven't done you know I haven't played through it fully. Um, yeah. Since when I first got it, and when I first played it, you know I played through it like three times. I think a fourth time, I'm not sure. But um, jeez. Yeah, I was into it. Like I was lights out. This is no like shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm pumped. I, I know it's a remaster, but like, if I'm being honest with myself, like. I'm looking forward to this. Frankly, as much as cool as Spider-Man looks and God of War, like this is this is where I'm at, and I want this real bad. <laughs> if hoping. Sony had announced Bloodborne two at the same time as the direct, which do you think you'd be more excited for? In that case, Bloodborne two because it's okay. that's a new game at least, and it's yeah. Bloodborne is you know in my like top five or so of all time. Also, so I'd rather a new game in you know in the Souls series, so to speak. Than this, than the Dark Souls remaster, I guess. But yeah, if that shit isn't on the way, you better write that fucking ship, Sony. Here's the thing: is Agreed we hear, right. we constantly hear about these like forty year old dudes that are fed up with having to purchase uh, these old NES games over and over again. They're already getting a stomp yeah. when Dark Souls remastered. Oh yeah, I'm probably gonna buy this game twice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it would have probably I'll been buy it again. You know, when they remastered on PS5, I'll buy it the fuck again. I don't care. <laughs> this is not this is not a virtual console situation. You're getting exactly. an upgrade. Yeah. You know, it may true, not true. you may not feel like it's worth that whole purchase, but you know, wait a couple months and it'll be a few bucks on sale, and you're getting an upgrade that is worth something. You know, exactly. What do you think the price is on this guy? A uh, sixty. I think sixty. Nah. Maybe fifty. If no I'm lucky. way. Uh, the fact that it comes with the night uh, the the. Uh, Atarius of the Abyss DLC makes me believe 60. Four, I can see 40. This is an old game. There's been, you know, two other actual Souls games plus Bloodborne since then. I think it's 40, no doubt. Yeah, but we're talking about that other that that the world is you or whatever coming out of 40. I couldn't see a remaster. I could easily see them tacking 60 and then selling. I, I agree well, with that. Well, 40 is the high be... end for World Ends with you. 60 is the high end for Dark Souls. Yeah, I, I could see either way. I could see it going either way. I'm excited about it, too. Sure. If right, we did, like, 50. A, like, a top five list, it might have ended, cracked my top five, Dom. Oh, I can't wait. It still, like, knocks me out sometimes when I think that I Am Setsuna was 40 and now Lost Fear. Lost Sphere. Such a hard game to fucking pronounce. <laughs> 
is uh, 50 at launch. It's going to be interesting to see what Octopath Traveler comes out at, which would also have been on my yeah. list, too. Um, yeah, so let's uh, hop into where we're going to be playing. Uh, not going to go too long on this. Um, so next week is going to be our Game of the Year episode. So I'm using that as an excuse to put my nose to the grindstone. Uh, and I'm going to finish uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. I'm almost at the end of that game. Um, finish up Assassin's Creed Origins, which I'm very close to the end of that game, too. And Assassino! Start and finish Wolfenstein 2, which I have, but I haven't gotten to playing. Oh, so, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. Waiting on that Switch, boy. Uh, I'll definitely have the, all three of those games done by next Thursday. Uh, count on it. Bank oh, shit. Money in the bank. Oh, shit. Uh, Banked. Yeah. Uh, I like putting myself in pressure situations where I have to f- do something. And since next week's game of the year, I'm going to set myself to do so. Um, it's pretty much it for Locked me. It in. As far as like other media, I can't think of anything that's coming out in the next week or so. Uh, off the top of my head, anyways. Um, but I need to get around to watching uh, Lady Bird and... Uh, uh, the name's escaping me. Help me, Jordan. The Guillermo del Toro movie... Uh, Shape, of Shape, of Water. Shape of Water, exactly. Which shout out to him for winning Best Director finally. Um, yeah, it's pretty much it for me. The man, GDT. Yep. Okay, so I first got... of all, I'd like to say, fuck off, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> first, um, first off, I would like to say, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, or Star Wars: Clone Wars: The Micro Series, is better than Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Second of all, I'd like to say. Whoa! That um, a lot of people think that series is better than most of the movies. People love that series. That's not a surprising statement to me. People love the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. dude, Star Wars Clone Wars, the Gindy Tartakovsky miniseries, is better than any of the prequel movies for sure, and obviously the Last Jedi. Anyways, um, <laughs> stab, stab. I think Lost Lost Sphere isn't out till the end of the month. Nor is Monster Hunter World. So there's nothing new coming up. Um, so I'll probably continue on with Setsuna, and then, um, you know, it's a new year, so so anything's a possibility as far as what game I'm going to jump into. And then, um, it's also a new year, the same as it was two seconds ago when I said it, and that means <laughs> that uh, new TV shows are coming out, and uh, there's lots of anime uh, starting up for the winter 2018 season, um, so I won't go into plenty of details there, but uh, plenty to be excited for nonetheless. And um, I think that's about it. Very vague for me, but uh, you know, Jared locks some shit down, so I gotta I gotta keep it vague because I don't want to be held to anything. Yeah, remember when you had to shave your head that one time? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. I mean, it was about time, anyways. I'm gonna be yeah. honest; it wasn't a big loss for me, guys. You're like, eh, a good excuse. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got to do it sometime. Uh, Dom, you came so... out of the gates. What were we gonna say? <laughs> I got Kingdom Hearts. That's it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm grinding. Do at. it. Do it. Do uh, it. Grinding isn't the right word. Lathering. What? Uh, how far into the game is Tarzan? Very I think that's early. earlier on. Very early, right? Yeah. yeah super okay. early. Man, I Maybe really like want to the... go back and play it, but there's like no good way. Just release it on Xbox, jerks. There's like, there. I mean, if you really wanted to, then you could either emulate it on your computer yeah, or you can probably get a PS3 and the remaster for, you know, around a hundred bucks or so. But uh, yeah. I'll stream it to you. Know. you. Also, you know, Jared. I'm just going to be a brat PS4s, about it to be honest with PS4s you. PS4s are $200. You're going to want Spider-Man. You're going to want to play some of these other exclusives coming out. You need to play Horizon. You're going to want to play Last of Us. 
you know. Oh, I am Maybe getting a, I am getting a PS4. a PS4, but not anytime soon, you know. Sure. Yeah, it's sure. tough. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for everybody. Any TV shows or anything down? Anything on the her- Clone Wars? Clone Wars. Yep. Okay. Clone so just Wars. going away with both those. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for episode 83 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. Thank you guys for listening and or watching, whatever you decided to do. If you can, please give us a follow on iTunes and leave a review. It definitely helps us, as we say all the time. It's not just words that are coming out of my mouth. Um, also, if you can subscribe to us, that definitely helps as well. Even if you don't watch the show, please subscribe and share us on Twitter. Um, we're going to try to be a lot more, uh, I would say, necessarily active of like tweeting tweeting more consecutively but making sure we always tweet about you know the show and whenever it goes up and stuff like that so if you want to follow us on twitter i am at jared underscore jordan is at mellow modus and dom is at dom's oreos is that correct dom yeah okay for some reason uh, i thought i got your, stuff. your twitter name wrong yeah dom i was gonna ask have you seen the clone wars micro series no the like that kind of hand-drawn looking one yeah, it was basically like five minute bits and pieces in between shows on Cartoon Network back in the day, and it's made by the guy who did Samurai Jack and Dexter's Lab, and a bunch of Cartoon Network series. Yeah, I gotta check that um, out. Anyways, still. you can. Uh, I was gonna say you can. I'm pretty sure you can stream it. You know, pretty easily online without having to search too much. Yeah. And it's basically like two. It's two volumes. They're about an hour a piece, and it's so worth it, man. It's really great Star Wars stuff. So highly recommend. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Catch us next week when we discuss Game of the Year and will we collectively come to an agreement as to what our Game of the Year was because that matters so much. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we have a great 2018. Uh, coming close to episode 100, which is really cool. I think it's going to be a good year. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.